He started out printing penny bloods, but set up a newspaper a few months back called Woundy's Illustrated Weekly. Big success. Got himself famous, big man, fancy dresser. See, there's a bill for it. He pointed at the wall behind me. It was thickly pasted with advertisements for theatres and pleasure gardens, and the admirableness of certain journals, among them Woundy's Weekly. The latest news and the best. He unwrapped a plug of tobacco, installed it in one cheek, and began to chew. There came suddenly from behind me a yelp, and Blake lunged. Or rather, it was the other way around. It was so fast I could not tell. When I looked round, Blake had the cup-wielding barrel organ boy by the arm. What the devil? From the boy's sleeve, Blake plucked my silk handkerchief. The child's face puckered in fury, and he began to scream abuse, though not in any language I understood, as he tried vainly to twist from Blake's grip. The other boy picked up a handful of filth and stones from the street and pelted us with it, then took up the barrel organ in his arms and ran off as fast as he could. Blake jerked the boy round, waved my handkerchief at him, pushed his tobacco into his cheek, and spoke to him calmly and imperturbably in his own tongue. In reply, the boy produced a stream of impassioned, incomprehensible words, the meaning of which was only too clear. The accusation was outrageous. He was utterly innocent. The diatribe continued for several minutes until he ran out of breath. Blake asked him another question. This time the answer was briefer and accompanied by a smirk. "'You've acquired another language since we last met,' I said. "'Italian. All the organ-grinder boys are Italian.' What does he say? When I pointed out he was caught red-handed, he said you deserved to be stolen from, as you take so little care to protect your possessions. Blake looked me up and down. He's not wrong. I bit back my reply. Blake questioned him again. The boy looked at him craftily and shook his head. Blake gripped him harder and gave a chilly smile. Gesticulating expansively at Wedderburn's shop, the boy answered increasingly volubly, and after a while started to grin. Then Blake let him go. The child scrambled off down the street, turning back once to make an obscene gesture and shout something offensive. I turned to Blake indignantly. He pushed my handkerchief into my pocket. He told me what I wanted. If he's taken by the police, he'll be put in jail or transported. He is a thief. He's ten years old, has no other livelihood, and there'll be some kidsman waiting to take his coins from him at the end of the day. I shook my head, exasperated. Kidsman? A man who sets him and a bunch of other children thieving. They take the risks, he gets the fruits. I sighed. And did he tell you something useful? He said Holywell Street is a good pitch because you never see coppers. They move street sellers on. It's the new dispensation. They'll arrest boys for rolling hoops in the street, let alone playing a barrel organ. Even so, the shopkeepers down here don't like him and his brother. They say they drive custom away. I can see why, I said. But Wedderburn let them stand outside the shop window sometimes when others move them on. The boy said everyone knows about the murder, but no one talks about it now. He and his brother were here the day the body was found. Nothing like it had ever happened before. A big crowd gathered outside to try and get a look, but they took the body out in a box with a blanket over the top. He was told, 
It was carved up like a piece of pork, and there was blood everywhere. All the shops closed the next day, shopkeepers too scared to open. He said there are some bad men in the street, but Wedderburn wasn't one of them, and some of his clients were grand men, gentlemen in fine clothes. Is there any talk about who might have done it? In answer, Blake leant forward and spat a stream of tobacco into the road. I winced. The boy said nobody knows and no one saw anything, he sighed. The popular choices include various demonic apparitions, including Spring-Heeled Jack and the Duke of Cumberland. What? You know, he said, suddenly looking extraordinarily tired, the Queen's Uncle Ernest, he's the King of Hanover now, profligate gambler, said to have slit his valet's throat, fathered a child by his sister, and murdered his mistress's husband.